Hurry up, your favorite show's about to start. Grab a Capri Sun, some Dunkaroos, and settle in for another episode of The Millennial Movie Club. Welcome back, everybody. It is the last spooky episode of the Halloween season on Millennial Movie Club. I know. The only thing that makes up for it is that pretty soon we'll get to do some Christmas movies. And before that, all the Thanksgiving movies that exist. All the couple of them. Yeah. Couldn't name one. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is uh, Thanksgiving, right? Great. Okay. Yeah, there we go. My name is Jazz Zapatos. I once had to sleep in the bedroom of a girl who had passed a year ago to the day who was my age. And that night I was actually possessed by her ghost and did some really fucked up shit. Yeah. What? I have a crazy ghost story that's too long for this podcast. Mine is nothing like that. I didn't have anything ghost-like. My name is Dan Levine, and the first time I bought weed, I gave (laughs) this kid $20 to go get weed for me. He's like, oh, I can get weed. And then someone else next to me was like, oh, you could have my bike so you can get back faster. And then we just sat at the train station at the top of Memorial Park and waited for like a half an hour until we realized we'd been had. (laughs) And uh, I was pretty cool back then. You can have my bike. Yeah, and here's my Nana's pearls. Take them. Social security number? Any takers? <laughs> Brutal. Is it my turn? It's I... your turn. Okay, here we go. Um, my name is Tess, and I did not have an interaction with a ghost as a kid, but I did have an imaginary friend named Johnny, who I definitely dated for a good while. <laughs> He would fully dated, like, I would have him over, and my mom, I'd be like, Mom, don't go in the bathroom. Johnny's in there. And she'd, like, have to ask me, like, where Johnny was. And she would she'd be like, you would talk to Johnny, and, like, it would be a private time with Johnny. And I don't know what I did, but I, I really loved him. Was it you who broke it off, or? I think, like, he's still with me, in a sense. Oh, like, okay. it's like a will they, won't they, like, forever <laughs> and always, because... Like, like, truly, no one can compare to him. Like, I see what he looks like in my mind's eye. Like, he's so beautiful. Does he look like anybody that we would recognize? He had brown hair, blue eyes, like, very... He was, like, tall. Kind of looked like... um He's in Grey's Anatomy, but when he was younger. Oh, Patrick Dempsey? But young nice. Patrick Dempsey. A young on... Patrick Dempsey. So, uh, can't buy me love, Patrick yes, Dempsey. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Now we know yeah, your type. I know. Wow. You and me in the Invisible Boyfriends Club. Mine was Danny Zuko. Oh, wow. I was more of a Kaniki gal myself, but we would have gotten along. We wouldn't have had to fight. (laughs) I know. I know. Welcome on the show, Tess. Tess is my real life friend and comedian. Tess is a New York-based stand-up comedian, full-time video producer at Betches Media, improviser, musical, comic as well. Her vertical videos on Instagram and TikTok have over a million views. You can check out her songs like Hot Girl on a City Bike, Coolest Person in Brooklyn, and Hot Girl Walk. Highly recommend. Total bops. As well, she performs as a stand-up comedian. She co-produces a comedy variety show called Spicy Medley that has sold-out shows. (laughs) (laughs) Now we got to keep it in the podcast. Yeah, sorry. It's called Spicy Medley that has sold-out shows all over New York City. She's been featured on Funny or Die and has been cast multiple times in horror films as the character who gets lost in the woods, (laughs) most notably in the feature here on out streaming on Amazon Prime. 
Oh, typecast. This yeah. industry, they really like to pigeonhole women. Yeah. And I never have like any romantic interest. Like no one really comes to look for me. Like it's just like she's off. <laughs> I'm like, she's gone. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> You've got Johnny. You don't need someone. I to... know. They were like, she, she'll be fine. Yeah. I'll she's talk talking to, to somebody in the woods. No, it's <laughs> like after the credits go and like the half the audience leaves the theater, it's like the scene comes up after the fact and you're just in the woods like, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's always a good bit part to play. (laughs) Um, Speaking of invisible boyfriends, we are chatting about the movie Casper today. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) You approve of that transition? That was a good one, yeah. (laughs) Seamless. Casper from 1995. What a great year. Shall we set the scene? Yes, absolutely. The description of this movie reads, Casper is a kind young ghost who peacefully haunts a mansion in Maine. When specialist James Harvey arrives to communicate with Casper and his fellow spirits, he brings along his teenage daughter, Cat. Casper quickly falls in love with Cat, but their budding relationship is complicated, not only by his transparent state, but also by his troublemaking apparition uncles and their mischievous antics. In terms of the cast and creative, this film was directed by Brad Silberling. He's also married to Amy Brenneman, who plays the dead mom and wife in this film. Oh, from uh, The Leftovers. Yeah, we've got our leading lady of the 90s, Kat, played by Christina Ricci. She's been an acclaimed actress since the age of nine. When she made her film debut, co-starring with Winona Ryder and Cher in the period drama Mermaids in 1990, followed shortly after by Adam's Family, now and then Sleepy Hollow, Monster. She's just fucking iconic. For real. I mean, she carries this movie. You know, Bill Pullman's not carrying this movie. It's all on her shoulders and like a an animated thing. I would say he's pulling the sexuality factor of this film. Bill no? Pullman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just for you or for the plot? Mm, I guess it depends. I, I, I find him very dilfy in this film. No, no, for sure. I just didn't know like plot wise. He's just kind of like a creepy. Oh, yeah. Well, um, no. I mean, yeah, he's searching for his dead wife in the afterlife, which is like so pretty hot. romantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's never giving up. Never going to give you up. Never going to let you rest in peace. <laughs> um, speaking of Bill Pullman, he plays dad, Dr. James Harvey. He is an acclaimed actor of stage and screen, known for projects like While You Were Sleeping, Spaceballs, of course, and Independence Day, many other things. Um, handsome dude. Next, we have, man, that fucking raspy voice, Jem Kathy Moriarty playing Kerrigan. She, as a teenager, was nominated for the Oscar for a Best Supporting Actress in Raging Bull. Oh. Yeah. Then she got in a terrible car accident and didn't come back to film for like six years then was in movies like soap dish matinee and most notably lady in the tramp 2 scamps adventure of course (laughs) who could forget we have kind of a heavy hitter in this film that like i wasn't fully aware of and i'm embarrassed the role of paul or dibs plutzker played by eric idol a british actor who in college at cambridge just casually formed a little comedy troupe with his buddies otherwise known as monty python and then would be in monty python and the holy grail a life of brian all you need is cash so pretty iconic i think it's pretty widely known that he hated this movie is it <laughs> like a lot of people hated this movie he was so disinterested in it that he doesn't even really remember anything about it. Like Sarah Jessica Parker blacking exactly, out. Exactly. Exactly. But even Christina Ricci hated this movie. She said in an interview, looking back, that movie sucked. It just didn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm supposed to fall in love with a ghost? How does that work? <laughs> and he's like a cartoon. That's fair. <laughs> Speaking of our little baldy 
Casper, the human form, of course, played by 90s teen heartthrob Devon Sawa, which we know from Now and Then, Little Giants, Final Destination. But it was voiced by a young man named Malachi Pearson, who is, (laughs) if we want to play a little game we like to call, what happened to those kids? Well, nobody fucking knows. He's like vanished into thin air. There's like hardly anything I can find about him. And now if you Google him, the only pictures that really come up are like Devin Sawa and a young Peyton Manning. I also think it might be Malachi. (laughs) I would say you're definitely right. (laughs) Malachi. (laughs) And I have never been more embarrassed on this podcast. (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) <laughs> I well so Tess do you want to drop the bomb that you might not have finished this movie right now <laughs> I didn't finish the movie and I was like I feel like they definitely kiss but now that I've googled who the boy is I'm like oh she kisses like a human she doesn't kiss the ghost which does make it a little better does he stay as a boy I guess you'll find out when we recap oh, right. the end of this movie oh okay <laughs> I wanted to get that out of the way because it is so strange that the voice of Casper and the real person are a different character. It's just not the same thing. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't they just have Devin Sawa do the voiceover? I don't know. Yeah, the boy sounds like he's like four years old. And then Devin Sawa just sounds like he's 16 or 14 or whatever. Look at him. He can't read. He's beautiful. Yes. (laughs) Tess is like, Devin Sawa was in this movie? I know. It's all. Okay, Tess. How much of the movie did you watch? So it, it was like on while I was working today okay. from home. So like I would like clock in and I'd be like, oh, okay. So like now they're in this like little layer. And then I'm like, oh, now they're at the party. But I didn't finish the like. <laughs> <laughs> so you get it. I get the gist. And then like there was like a karaoke scene yeah. at one point. Oh, yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. You are right. And then the dad dies and then he doesn't. Easy. We're gonna go through the plot. <laughs> we believe you. You watched you some of bag. it. Okay. <laughs> I should do a podcast that's just me like kind of explaining sort of what I got from the, the movie and people being like, What? That is like the Gen Z version. Oh my god. Did your Dan lights is- just go off in your house? <gasps> Dan. Ghosts. Dan, no. Dan, no. Dan, are you Whoa. okay? Dan, no. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even funny. What's going on? We've been having some weird shit go down every Halloween episode. Like some weird shit happens. Like your furniture goes, dude, your shit's haunted. And I thought this was kind of fair play. Casper's not even really like poking. F- well, no, they probably don't like this shit. That's true. We are talking a lot yeah. about ghosts. <laughs> and they probably don't like their representation in Casper either, I would guess. Definitely not. Definitely not. Not a psychologist for ghosts like Bill Pullman is, but... <laughs> um, yeah, just a couple of like, fun facts before we jump in. This is the first feature film to have a fully computer-generated visual effects character in a leading role. The way that they shot this is so strange. Like Bill Pullman and Christina Ricci would have to kind of like act against floating tennis balls. They would just like kind of place things in it. Mm -hmm. It looks really cool, I think, actually, still. You know, there's like a bunch of real life objects that the ghost can interact with. And I think it still looks pretty fun. No, sorry. Oh, it's just you're just yawning. Sorry. I'll I'll get to something more interesting. (laughs) Jesus. Um, (laughs) So... uh, (laughs) 
And uh, another fun fact is J.J. Abrams did an uncredited rewrite of this screenplay. So what? Lost and Avatar and Father to Gracie Abrams. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Big time. Man, it had a lot of talented hands touching yeah. this film. Yeah. For such a mediocre for a really movie. mediocre outcome. I remember loving it as a kid. Me too. I was just like slightly bored as an adult. Some of the aspects of this movie do hold up, but not to everyone. And that brings us nice. to our review section. Rita Kempley of the Washington Post writes, as expected, it features extra spectral effects, slews of celebrity guest shots, and splendidly decorated sets. For all that, though, the film is duller than a dead man's eyes. Damn. <laughs> Brutal. Kind of true, too. Not even Christina Ricci could save this movie. It was like a thing people were saying. That makes total sense to me. Yeah. Speaking of somebody else who's dead. There we go. <laughs> We've got a soundboard. <laughs> oh, nice. Speaking of somebody else who's dead, our ghosty friend Roger Ebert, who was a fan of this movie. He gave it three out of four stars. He writes, it's easy to see why Casper the Friendly Ghost has such an appeal for small children. They have so much in common with him since they too feel invisible and misunderstood and remember little of their earlier lives. Steve. <sighs> He is reassuring in a universe of scary ghosts. It's nice to know there's one on your side. But the real stars of this movie are the special effects and animation artists. The story is more or less what you'd expect, and there's only so much you can do with a relationship between a little girl and a ghost. No rumpy pumpy. No. But Whipstaff comes alive with amazing achievements in art direction, set design, and gizmos, like a chair that will brush your teeth while hurling you down a rail at terrifying speeds. So I guess, yeah, this was like a groundbreaking film in terms of special effects back then. And he like raved about it his whole review and so it's like yeah i guess for 1995 this was very impressive yeah it's really cool so the house that they create is not like a real house it's half real and half uh constructed but like the inside is all real you know the up and atom machine i think that shit is awesome they're Mm -hmm. like shaving you and shit best part of the movie in my opinion i I totally agree but it was a three-story mansion on a soundstage that they created also, the like art direction of the house. I was watching this ridiculous documentary about this movie. This is what it comes down to. Like I'm watching a documentary about. It is truly impressive. The fact that you watched a documentary about this film. The fact that one exists. Right. That that should be the first part you. about it. I mean, I like that stuff. I'm a huge nerd. So they didn't want it like Victorian. They wanted it like Art Nouveau, turn of the century, like Gaudi-esque. And they mm-hmm. also like took from the Casper cartoons. And what they produced is really really cool looking it's all twisty like all the architecture and and not necessarily like what you'd see when you think of a haunted house like very pointy and shit Mm -hmm. like that it's almost like playful and cartoonish i think that shit's awesome yeah no it is cool you would think at this rate they would stop building three-story haunted mansions and they would just have one and continue to use it well wow jazz when not even when you're trying to make a segue you create a segue queen of the segue so the house was used for whiff staff manor but it was also used to film the backstreet boys music video everybody backstreet's back (gasps) (gasps) they needed three stories to do that (laughs) yeah because it was the ballroom dance sequence oh my god that is so cool what year did that music video come out uh, 1997, okay. Amazing. See, it did go to good use. Cute. Okay, that makes me happy. Me too. Now we're heading into, of course, like the most bizarre of all the Amazon reviews. First one, I can't believe Fatso gets sucked up in the vacuum. I mean, come on. Fatso is probably the fattest thing I've ever seen. So how could he fit inside it? And also, what the devil did Fatso do to, do to deserve it? 
All Fatso did was jab at Dr. Harvey with his weapon, but missed. And he just tickled him. That's all he did. Poor Fatso. He got. He keeps going. He gets sucked up in the vacuum all for nothing. He should get free pizzas and fast food 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I love Fatso. He is a major inspiration to me. I can't tell this person's seven or 70. Like, I truly right, right. 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 I really like the sentiment yeah. that he really likes Fatso and he doesn't want anything bad to happen to him. If you're going to go die hard for a character, like, yeah, I mean, you better have their back. No fair weather friends. Well, wasn't Fatso, uh, what's his name from Everyone, Everybody Loves Raymond, that guy? Yes. Does he die in the end? I, I think I missed that. <laughs> oh, wait, no. No. At the end of Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Fatso doesn't die in the end because he's already dead. Right. Right, Can't but like him. passed on, I guess. No. Whatever happened to them? Nothing. There are sequels to this movie. Oh. I think they just come back. That sucks. Okay. Yeah, there's a sequel to this movie and it's like Casper meets Wendy. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's Hilary Duff is like this little witch Burp. and they become friends. I bet it was great. Last review. Short and sweet. Yo, mad lit. Casper low-key a homie. Low-key, though. On the low, highly recommend this, John, to any motherfucker interested in good cinema. (laughs) Yes. And they say John in it, J-A-W-N. So you know they're like Philly, Yeah, that's Philly through and through, yeah. Wow, it's two great ones from Amazon. Yo, mad lit. <laughs> Casper, low key a homie. Low key, though. I love how he's low key a homie. Like, people wouldn't think he'd be a homie, but he is. I don't know. I thought Casper was a bit too clingy. Unhealthy attachment styles in this film. What is it? Like, love bombing, kind of? Yeah, love bombing. Nice. That's a new term for me, at least. That's when you, like, fall really fast and you, like, obsess. Like, you're just continuously, like, hyping them up and telling them how much you're into them. I don't want to say it's to gaslight you, but it is kind of like a manipulation technique to just kind of like blind you with love. Yeah. I think that the subtext is like you don't actually feel that way, but you know that it's a really good way to get someone to fall for you. Yeah. Because I remember reading it and being like, wait a minute, do I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Is that ever how where you're like, where like all these like TikTok videos where it's like, if you do this, you're toxic, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. And like, okay, there's just been a couple, and that was one where I was like, oh, I totally, I don't know if I bomb them, but I definitely have like a, eh, maybe like a haze or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a crop dust. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> a glitter bomb. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like when someone comes back all of a sudden to shower you with over-the-top displays of affection and flirtation, but they've been hot and cold with you over and over in your life. Oh, okay. One minute they're super hot and the other they're ghosting you. Yeah, I know. I've done that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't love Unabomber over here. (laughs) You know, it's early on where you just like meet someone you're like, I've never held this way about anyone before. Yeah. (laughs) And the next day you're like, And then I was like, I don't know. It seems like, <laughs> yeah, it's well, I feel like our generation in our most hormonal years were had texting. Yeah. It's like it so easy to do that. You like fall in love over text. Mm-hmm. And you, it's like so easy to like pour your heart out. And then in real life, you're like, Yikes. yeah. So I'm Casper. I'm relatable. I'll be lanky Stret- then or whatever his name is. Uh, stretch. What is it? Stretch, stinky and fatso. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think I'm going to take stretch mm. on this one. I can't really figure out who else I'd be. Maybe that that's priest fair. in the beginning. I don't know. We'll get that. <laughs> okay, his head turns around. <laughs> yeah. 
fair. I definitely want to be Kerrigan, that bad bitch. Oh, then I'll be Dibs, actually. Okay. That makes a lot yeah, of actually, sense. Yeah, actually, that, that's really our day. Yeah. For real. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we dive on into the plot? Yes, because we start with squints from Sandlot. Yeah. Oh, nice. Didn't even catch that. Yeah. We open on a dark and spooky evening. Wolves are howling at the moon and two kids, one of them, now we know, being squints, they sneak under this gate into a spooky old mansion, but it's actually like fucking fab in there. Yeah. I was just like, this is beautiful. And the whole movie, they're like shitting on it. They're like, I don't want this crusty old house, but it's like stunning. It's stunning, but there's cobwebs. I don't really know what you're supposed to do about those. It's dirty. Can't just clean those things up. These two little boys are dared to take a picture of the mansion with their Polaroid camera. <laughs> Um, they're fighting over who should take it. And this little ghost boy pops up and it's like, I'll take the picture. And it's Casper, the friendly ghost. And of course, they run screaming and you're just like, oh, this kid's so lonely. It was um, even back but- then. Like, I remember feeling just so I know that you're supposed to, but feeling so terrible for Casper. He's got such a good heart. He's quite a sympathetic character. Yeah. Or is that just what he wants us to feel? Because he's a love bomber and he's just like, I'm the sympathetic character. Like, you can't leave me. You know, Did I get love bombed. He's- Kind of. I think we all get love bombed by Casper. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That fuck. <laughs> He's a little fuck boy. Yeah. Cut to the reading of an old man's will. The greedy daughter of this dead man is listening to the boring teacher from Ferris Bueller recount millions of dollars of her father's estate donated to different animal foundations. One of the animal ones was like Dalmatians for dyslexia. And (laughs) that was like the thing that perked my ear because I have dyslexia. And I was just like, why am I watching? Like it was... I just think that's, that's a great so- alliteration. Like whoever wrote that, they were like, this is right. in it. Mm-hmm. I thought you'd been like, I could have had a Dalmatian this whole time with dyslexia and we yeah. could have been a team. Yeah. You're a true support animal. <laughs> Truly. Anyway, Kerrigan is pissed. She throws all the paperwork in the fire. But while her jittery lawyer, assistant, like. Lover. <laughs> sub. Yeah, sub. While he's like trying to fish the papers out of the fireplace, this invisible ink is activated by the fire and it says there's treasure in the house. So off they go to Maine to find this treasure. They enter the mansion. Casper immediately shows himself. It's almost like you wish he were a little more grotesque because everyone's so scared of him and they made him like the cutest looking. They animated him like he's not scary at all. No, but you'd be scared of that, right? Yeah. We were scared when your lights turned off. Like, yeah. I think that's the bar is so low. I'd be scared. I would be scared of it, but he's so sweet. He's always like popping up, like, please don't scream. I'm nice. I swear. And, you know, Malachi, um, he's got a really sweet voice. (laughs) So um, that does not scare Kerrigan off completely. She's like, fuck it. This is my house and I want the treasure inside it. So they hire a priest to exercise the ghost and he walks out shortly after covered in ghost vomit with his head completely on backwards such a strange character yeah there's not really like a ton of rules around like how reality works it's kind of like anything goes in this film like even with the humans the thing that really like tripped me up is like okay so ghosts exist in this world right why aren't there why is this place like covered with like news cameras or like the government 
or like scientists. They're not like <laughs> everyone's just like, well, that that place has ghosts and no one gives a shit. I don't know if they had enough hard evidence. Like they just like know it's haunted. But like if a bunch of kids are breaking in and they're like, there's ghosts in there, they're going to be like, OK. Or a team of construction workers. <laughs> Like that's true. Well, I mean, the priest who goes to you know his next mass, like they're gonna be like, "What happened to your head?" And they'll be like, "I don't know. This place was haunted." And they're like, "That checks out." Like, or they just don't believe him. It's like you probably twisted your head around three yeah. times in some other strange way. You know, the right. backwards priest. You know, and <laughs> that old trope. If you're going to church and listening to a priest in the first place, you probably believe in like angels and demons and other Tom Hanks movies. So <laughs> if he was like, I went to do an exorcism and it went terribly wrong, they'd probably be like, oh, right, Father, right. thank you for your service. Right, but please leave because <laughs> you're like really fucked up. <laughs> you're scaring the children. Yeah. It's disgusting and there's children here. But that will be all, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and then we just have the sequence. Like they're trying everything they can to get the ghost out of this house. Dan Aykroyd comes running running out of the house with this Ghostbuster suit on, which was really enjoyable for me. He goes, who are you going to call? Someone else. I don't know. I thought it was a little forced. <laughs> I thought all the cameos in this movie are so... Of which there are many. There's too many. And they're all... They're stupid. They don't have anything to do with one another. I guess it's like that's the wink to the adults in a kid's movie. Right. Right. Anyway, Casper hates that everyone is constantly running away from him. He only wants a friend or to get in those panties. Yeah. We don't know. Well, he definitely does. He makes that obvious. For sure. He's watching TV and sees a news segment about Dr. Harvey, a therapist to ghost, and his loner daughter, Kat. That's my favorite part of this whole movie. That is just so... <laughs> like unnecessarily dunking on that girl. Did <laughs> they get, call like, her a... that? Did I miss that? <laughs> the news segment, they actually call her his loner daughter cat. Okay. And it's like a <laughs> shot of her like alone. Like, in the like definitely filming her without her consent. She's like, a minor just trying to go to school. This girl, look at her little loner. This fucking loser. Yeah. yeah. Dad talks the ghost and she's a loner. <laughs> like bullying his people. Yeah, what? His little freak daughter. <laughs> Can you imagine if like newses were like that? They were like murdered on the street next to their cookie neighbor (laughs) (laughs) right we went to this guy's funeral and none of the daughter's friends showed up like okay get some friends so um that's like gen z news yeah yes like here to talk about the sighting of the murder this woman who is being so extra it's (laughs) (laughs) have you guys seen those like uh gen z gravestones that they people are doing no please tell me it's like she literally could not. Yeah, She's yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, like you literally <laughs> standing over my grave, and it's just like a <laughs> literally dead. I'm literally dead. <laughs> I literally could not with this life any longer. So that's so basically good. what happened. This girl gets put on blast on national television. She's like, I'm just trying to go to school. Can you please stop filming me? This is going to help me get friends. <laughs> so, I mean, back in the day, I was just like, yeah, okay. So he sees this guy that's going to come help. But now watching it this time, I was like, I don't know if it's even about Dr. Harvey at all. He literally sees this girl and has the hots for her and is like, this is my way to get her to come over to my crib is tell this woman about this ghost doctor. Right. Like, it's pretty obvious. That's the only reason he just has a crush on Kat. Yes. He's got a little ghost bone. and For somebody with no bones, he's sure. Yeah, he's a lot boned up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like his ears perk up when Dr. Harvey's like, yeah, everyone just needs a friend to speak to. And he's like, ooh. But I don't know if he would have followed through if not for Kat. 
Right. So he sends himself through the telephone lines into the TV in Kerrigan's hotel and shows her this segment. Of course, she's like, I got to get me some of that guy. We now get a little background on Dr. Harvey and Kat. They have picked up and moved a million times. It's clear that Kat is super over it. She also is pretty lonely, wants to make friends. It becomes clear that he's not just doing this as like his side hustle. He really is trying to find the spirit of his dead wife. This is like heavy plot. Really sad. Yeah. There were a lot of Amazon complaints of like, this is not family friendly. Right. Dead wife, pretty standard sure. family stuff. Table stakes. They curse a lot in the film. They throw the word bitch around a bunch. Mm-hmm. And this is like, yeah, it is a kid's movie. But you know, we were harder back then. <laughs> yeah, I was like a tough guy back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember when you like gave your weed to all those people and gave them dollars <laughs> for real tough. <laughs> the bike, <laughs> like take everything. You didn't let me finish the story. They <laughs> ran from me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, they arrive and Casper's like, oh my God, she's here. There's a girl in my room. There's like a girl sitting on my bed. And like, it's a very like coming of age puberty story more than I realized. They shouldn't have made him sound so young. Right. It sounds inappropriate. It does because like Devin Sawa should have done the voice in this sense because like, again, he's just like gooing himself, like ghost gooing himself. Right. He's like, oh, zippity doodah. There's like a train. It's like, oh my God, this girl is like half naked on my bed. Like (laughs) my toy train. And now he's like, I'm going to watch you sleep. Right. Like it just doesn't add up. Because I guess like he died young, but he is many, many years old. Yeah. When did he die? I want to say like 1910s, just based on his toys. Yeah, sure. Okay, nice. Context clues. Nice, Jazz. He's like, all I wanted was a sled. It's like, all right. But then he like knows how to work a Polaroid camera. So I feel like right. he's adopted well. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Casper's TikTok. Casper <laughs> gets a TikTok. He's like, yes, you guys, but you have to nail the transition, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the kids come in and he's like, like, I don't know. <laughs> a dance move. <laughs> Except he thinks he's doing the dance move, but it looks like this. Yeah, you can like there. and there's one guy who's like high key. Casper is high key guy. <laughs> I love Casper. Oh my god, you're blowing up on Ghost Talk. Yeah, <laughs> they're like I keep trying to learn the dance, but I literally can't see anything he's doing. I know. So. Well, he's really going for it. So Kat's just like wandering this haunted mansion, very dirty. She decides to take Casper's room. Casper is trying to find a way to introduce himself to Kat. She tosses a dirty sock into his mouth. So like already into King. For sure. Like immediately. Very house elf go there. of them too. True. Yeah. yeah. It's like Kat gives Casper a sock. Cat <laughs> <laughs> is girlfriend. <laughs> but he spits the sock back out and it hits her in the back of the head. So she turns around and sees him and she faints. She's so good at the fake faint. I was thinking like, the same thing. Really good. really good. Rivaled only by the Fake faint and it takes two. Dan, I know you've never seen it. Tess, are you a millennial or are you Gen Z? I'm cusp. I'm 96. Holy shit. But I think I'm more millennial than Gen Z. Okay. Because I just had the moment of needing to ask myself and was like, we are we just traitors to our entire audience by bringing a, a Gen, Gen Z, Z into the millennial movie <laughs> club? A spy. No, no, no. Right. Who are you working for? <laughs> She's just here silently judging us the entire time. Just taking notes. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. I know you're good. You're good in here. I'm a good one. So Cat faints. He like splashes water on her face and then she lets out a blood curdling scream. Tess, can you scream? No, I'm not saying you have to right now, but can you physically scream? Yeah. You can't scream? I can't scream. What do you mean? Like nothing comes out. It's like very awkward. You've never been like scared before and you're like, 
Yeah, but it's not like the classic horror movie, like blood curdling scream. Like if I wasn't this close to a mic, I would. Here, back up a little bit. Give us your best one. Yeah. Can you take the, yeah. Shit. Okay. I think think you need to put it even a little bit farther back because. Yeah. Like Tez, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go stand back Okay. Okay. Good call. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Here, can I, can I set you up? Sure. What do I do? Like boo? Yeah. You're the one who wanted to set me up. Okay. Do it. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? What is going on? It's just more like a woo, like a woo. Like a roller coaster like, type of thing. That's how my mom screams, so I feel like it's genetic. Wow. Maybe you just don't get scared easily. Oh, I do. Oh yeah. I'm a little bitch for sure. I think I can like actually do the exact sound that you did this close, like <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's kind of like that. I'll never be in a thriller. Don't say that. Yeah. You'll figure it out. You're right. I can scream for sure. My sister and I used to like scare each other all the time <laughs> and we'd like have scare battles. <laughs> but mine is like, it. yours seems controlled. Like mine would be very out of control and I'd fall to the floor too. So it's like, that was my defense <laughs> was the scream. Your like caveats about your scream actually I think are the things that make a scream good. Like it's out of control. Like, if it is controlled, yeah, then yeah. it's, yeah. What I do. Right. Like this is the most I could do. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, whoa. That's like a, that's like a video game sound okay. effect. Oh. I think you guys haven't been scared enough. I got to like, I'm going to scare you one time. <laughs> my dad used to do like what you did, Tess. Like my dad used to like fuck with us around the house and just like put on a ski mask and like. Oh my God. Now people are like, That's why do you have trauma? That's why you always leave a note. Yes. <laughs> it was like one side of the spectrum or the other. Either he'd scare us by like putting on a fucked up mask and like, like scare it, like scaring the shit out of us. Yeah. Or it would be the other side of the spectrum where he'd be like, I'm having a heart attack. Oh. Tell your mother I love her. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked mean. up. And I was like six. Whoa. And I'd be like, you're just kidding. I know you're kidding, dad. Oh, my God. You're so lucky that YouTube didn't exist because you would have been like one of the Jimmy Kimmel kids with the Halloween candy like in a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Forget it. But my college would have been paid for with just one viral YouTube video back in the day. True. So. Well, you could do it with your kids. Don't worry about it. Why shouldn't they have the same trauma I have? Like- Fuck that. They think they're better than you? You want to be funny or what? Do you want a personality? <laughs> you scare them and you're like, this is for your podcast. And you're like, <laughs> Do you want to be monetized or no? Yeah. Mommy needs to retire. Anyway, cat screams like a real person. Dad comes running in, sees Casper, also freaks out. Isn't he supposed to be like very accustomed to the supernatural? Because he's so scared of Casper, but like his whole career is based on communicating with ghosts. I took this as like, oh, you didn't actually really buy into your own shit. You've never even really done it before. This is like an act. Like you didn't really yeah. think that ghosts were real. In my, I don't know. He's a con man. <laughs> what a piece of shit. He was the president <laughs> though in, uh, in Penn's Day and he did save the world though, so. Oh, oh okay. Well, yeah. I guess we'll give him that. Preach. Um, uncles come home and start terrorizing them. All three of them enter his body through his mouth. So again, like immediate kink. He starts looking in the mirror and goes, this is where we get like all of our celebrity drops. So we have like Clint Eastwood to Rodney Dangerfield, Mel Gibson, the Crypt Keeper. So like all of the douchiest men in Hollywood. Then there's like an all out battle royale amongst the uncles and dads they're sword fighting and finally he like grows a pair and starts fighting them back and this is when he sucks fatso into the vacuum trigger warning yeah he sucks fatso into the vacuum kind of a sensitive subject 
He sucks them all. He sucks them all in. Sucks them all in. You're right. He sucks them all in. <laughs> it wasn't just Fatso. With a smile. You did watch this film. Yeah. I guess that just like, that'll do it for 24 hours. I don't know the rules. None of this really makes sense, but there are whatever. No, there are no rules, only fun. Yeah. Next morning, Casper finally convinces Kat that he's nothing to be afraid of. He makes them breakfast. It's super cute. I loved the breakfast montage. I don't know what it is, but yes! like breakfast montages always do it for me. Like Chin Chin Bang Bang, best yes. part of the movie, the breakfast mm-hmm. montage. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the breakfast machine. Yeah. Very similar. Like, yes. It's my favorite. Which part of it was your favorite? I have a, something in my mind that for um, mine. I like the egg machine that, that really yeah. stuck out. Mm-hmm. But there was like an o- OJ situation where I was a little... little yes. Inspired. That's my favorite. Because he... The- yes. Okay, you go. Oh, I, I think he's straining the orange juice. Oh. But also like... So sometimes I know. he's solid. Right. Sometimes he's mesh. It might be one of those things where he can like, you know, he can make himself go invisible. So maybe like he mm. can figure out the density of his own body. Yeah. Right. Uncles come to breakfast and naturally cause chaos. Dicks. Kat has her first day at her new school. And because it is a movie in the 90s, there is immediately a blonde girl who hates her. For nope, no nope. reason. Fuck her. I don't remember her name, but what would be our best guess? Amanda. Oof, that's probably it. Yeah, that's probably it. Should we look it up? Or is that? Or yeah. should we just go with Amanda? Let's just do that. That was what I was going to say. Yeah, fuck it. Never mind. <laughs> There's a cute boy named Vic. When the class finds out that she lives at Whipstash, they go berserk because it's notoriously haunted. So the gym won't be ready in time for the big Halloween dance. So they vote, without even asking Kat, to have it at her house, even though the popular girl wanted to host it at her boathouse. Wait, did you notice? She was like, okay, everyone who wants it at my house, raise your hand. And she put her hand out like right in front of her body. Like she didn't raise it above her head. She like put it like out. What a psychopath. I like didn't pick up on a lot obviously in this movie but like <laughs> that i was like wait what who who thought of this put it on the list of things that don't make sense in this film. yeah <laughs> that's the one that really got you it's like yeah. no way no one does it but they're like bitch there are ghosts in this house that we're all afraid of and yet we still want to go there teacher was such a bystander it was like yeah they were like saying really mean yeah. things everything she said they would say something mean yeah. and he was like not phased Adults in all 90s movies, like, just fucking... I hate that. It just drives me crazy. We have therapy session one with the uncles. Dr. Harvey's unpacking. They see a picture of his wife, Amelia, and tell him that they've seen her. And he asks if they can contact her. This is really fucked up. It's so fucked up. They set up this, like, really sincere moment. A really sincere moment. Like, he hears a knock at the door. We're, like, really thinking he's going to be confronted with his wife when he opens the door. But... Just fatso dressed up like a woman. They all hop on board to that bit so quick. Like they all know that they're going to do it. I got to say like they're funny. It is funny. I'm not saying like their lines are all that funny or great. But like in terms of their actual sense of humor, like that fucked up sense of humor, like they can hang. I agree. And I think that like what I didn't understand when I was younger is like when you become a ghost, you forget things like really, really quickly. Like they don't remember anything about being alive Mm -hmm. and they just become kind of like mean spirited spirit. Right. That explains their name. (laughs) right they're like i don't know what my name is but i'm fucking fat yeah so this is my name so vic popular hot boy shows up to the house and asks if cat will go to the dance with him she's like yeah it's at my house not a popular hot boy name by the way vic not the standard billy no like sounds a lot more dangerous sounds old it does it sounds old yeah victor yeah victor like Oh, Victor Crumb. Oh, right. Mm. Um, except this guy sucks. Yeah, agreed. Turns out the popular girl 
Amanda, we've decided, forced him to ask her as part of some schemey plot. Trouble is afoot. Casper's trying to convince her to take him to the dance, and it's not working, so he drags her out the window. Again, this is some fuckboy behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Takes her out on top of this lighthouse to look out over the ocean at night, and she finds out he can't remember anything about his life when he was alive. And Kat is afraid she's going to forget things about her mother. I think this is one of my favorite parts, actually. Like, the actually good, you know, sentiment. Kat's trying to kind of, like, understand more about Casper and about ghosts. Like, there's a line before this where it's like, what are you made out of? And he's like, you know what that feeling that tinkly feeling when your foot falls asleep, I think I'm made of that. And like, he keeps trying to explain himself. And one of the lines was like, when you're a ghost, life doesn't matter so much anymore. So you forget. And then she kind of like relates it to like, I feel like I'm forgetting my mom in a way. It's kind of like what happened with you over a Mm -hmm. longer period of time. But also like the one thing that I did kind of like about this movie is that like it kind of makes the prospect of death not so scary. I mean, it's still sad, obviously, the stuff with her mom. But like, I don't know. There's kind of like, yeah, all this shit you're going through doesn't really matter when you're a ghost. But agreed. I guess not everyone becomes a ghost. Right. That's true, too. But it is like people die. You know, Dr. Harvey just dies and it's like we don't skip a beat. No. Wait. He's stoked about it. Yeah. He comes back. He does through the machine. We'll get right. Sorry. Right. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, she's like opening up to him about her dead mother and all this horny ghost can think about is himself. And he's just like, if I was alive, would you go to the dance with me? Can I keep you? Which is like was cute back then and now feels a little. I still think it's pretty cute rare. when he says it. My high school boyfriend used to say that to me. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Oh, so it's cute, only cute when a ghost says it. It's cute for 12. <laughs> yes. Can I keep you? It's also cute when you came up with it. Yeah. yeah Devin Sawa in a 2016 interview said that they asked him if he ever uses that as a pickup line. Like, can I keep you? And he's like, I haven't said it since Casper, but like, there's not a day that goes by on Twitter that I don't get someone messaging, can I keep you? <laughs> that poor guy. That like Poor, handsome, rich man. He's fine. Yeah. I said what I said. <laughs> Next morning, Kat asks dad if she can buy a nice costume for the party, like date nice. And he's like, do we need to talk? And she's like, it's a little late for that, but not that late. So what does that mean? She's like, don't worry, dad. I'm still a virgin. But I watch a lot of porn. So (laughs) you're good. They've got a kind of a weird relationship because they're kind of the only friends that each other has. So weirds me out a little bit when like this guy is like obsessed with his dead wife. And then he's constantly saying to his like teenage daughter, like, you're just like your mother. You look just like your mother. You think that's creepy? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. There were some moments where I was like, there's like too much chemistry for a father and daughter. Okay. Okay. Maybe it's because you are so into Bill Pullman that you didn't. <laughs> Everything he says in it's my dripping. head sounds different. It's, it's sexual innuendo. <laughs> you just like your mother, <laughs> dirty little slut. He's like, man, I really miss my wife. He's like, you fucking pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's just me. Anyway, she wants a nice new costume, but he's broke. Um, She goes wandering around the attic. They find all this stuff, and she finds one of Casper's mom's old dresses, which, boom, we have a costume. But then she finds his old room. It's like all of his old toys. We see all of his model trains and Ferris wheels, and suddenly he remembers everything again. We come to find out how he died. Basically, he begged his dad for a sled and went sledding for too long and got a cold. 
and died. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like he got the sled and then he like, you know, it was like sledding and went into the ice and then like drowned in the ice. Like that's where my mind went. We saw that a lot in movies in the night. Like that was definitely like a scary thing in the 90s of being like, oh my God, thin ice. Everyone falls through thin ice and dies. Yeah. That's even more boring just to be like, I got a cold. Yeah. And it was, there was not any modern medicine. It's also kind of like leading you on. It's like, you know, I loved that sled so much and there were so many strangers around and things got dark it's like what happened oh i just i i got a cold later yeah i don't know those other details weren't important yeah the hill was so steep and slippery and that girl's skate was right so sharp gleaming in the moonlight and then i caught a cold and you're like what (laughs) i got a cold so yeah poor kid and just his dad was devastated naturally because he bought him the sled so it was all his fault so they find all of these old newspapers basically saying this inventor claimed to be haunted by his dead son and created a machine to try and bring him back to life and then was obviously declared insane but not before finishing it so this machine is fully functional it's got the fluid why didn't he bring casper back did he die like right before he was going to do it? I don't know. <laughs> he's like, it's finished. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and he's like, I just caught a cold. No. Right. Like, no. <laughs> no he's like, like, I've done it. Achoo. Yeah. No. Pneumonia, <laughs> my only weakness. Also, like if, again, if he finished the machine and then died, couldn't he have like brought himself and Casper back to life? Yeah. Ideally. I don't know. He didn't have any unfinished business, so he didn't become a ghost. What if he continued working on his machine while he's a ghost, right? Mm -hmm. But then the moment he finishes it, his business. (gasps) Unfinished business. Is finished. And then Casper can't even remember what the fuck is going on. (laughs) Right. That's so lame. (laughs) <laughs> How do you expect to ever finish your unfinished business if you forget everything? I feel like that all the Wait, time. That's funny. I was like, what is my I had unfinished business. What is it? What could I mean? I know it's my business and I know it's unfinished, but <laughs> there's something I was supposed to do. Yeah, and today. you're like, I have all of eternity, but God, this is gonna bother me. <laughs> It's parking right. ticket something. God damn it. That happens to me five times a day. I'll be like, oh, I need to look something up. And then I open my phone and it's like, zoop. Yeah. Yep. So now we go to the best part of the movie where Casper brings Kat into like the secret underground watery lair to find the Lazarus, which is this machine that he, the dad invented to bring people back to life. She sits in this chair and it's like, what is it called? The up and atom machine. Yeah. So it's brushing her teeth, combing her hair as if she was a man in 1915. Right. But it's really fucking cool. And it's functional. And it's functional still all these years later. It's like, how old is that toothpaste? Right. Anyway, so they're trying to get Lazarus to work. Kat opens this book of Frank's side. It has a button inside. She presses it and the Lazarus rises from the watery pit below. Kerrigan, of course, is like spying on them this whole time because she wants to get this vault, find this vault and get it open. Casper and Kat are trying to figure out how to bring him back to life and they only have one flask of this miracle goo that will power the machine. Kerrigan, of course, steals it. She figures if she can kill her assistant, make him a ghost, he can fly into the vault and then they can revive him in the machine and then cash in with whatever was in the vault this whole scene makes no sense she's chasing him down a hall he somehow has time to put on a full suit of armor and dump a bucket of grease all over the floor Mm -hmm. and then she slips on it but slides across the entire house and out a window and i was like oh okay surely this is how she dies um but no Somehow she's now behind the wheel of a car. 
Yep. Trying to run him over. She misses him and crashes her car into the woods. She opens the car door, not knowing that her car is halfway over a cliff and just like falls out to her death. That, that'll do it, though. Her ghost rises and she says, the bitch is back. Meanwhile, the uncles take dad out for cocktail hour. They've just been getting drunk and doing karaoke. They're starting to really like him and they don't want to actually kill him anymore, but he's too drunk. And yeah, he just they wanted to kill him. Falls into a hole outside of the bar yeah. and just dies. He like falls into a construction pit and he's dead. So now all this tomfoolery is going on, but the whole school slash English class is about to show up for the Halloween party, which they've not prepped for at all. But I guess you don't need to when you have a haunted mansion. What are they going to do? Hang more cobwebs? I mean, it's it's right. ready. It's good. Put up some fake ghosts. Right. Kerrigan and Casper are both trying to become human with the last bottle of this potion. Her assistant turns against her. She kicks him out a window and then she has the treasure. And then they're like, wait, what about your unfinished business? And she's like, I have no unfinished business. I have my treasure and my mansion. <laughs> Very smart. Very smart. I don't know how they knew this would work. I don't know. But I guess Casper has some ghosty knowledge. So she crosses over to the other side. Except now dad comes home and he's a ghost. This was the saddest and scariest part to me for some reason that the dad didn't really remember her. And he was being mean to her. It was really, really sad. And she's yeah. just crying. As a kid, yeah. that would be terrifying. It freaked me out. I didn't like it at all when I was a kid. Yeah, he does not remember her. And she's trying to make him remember. He's like a total ghost frat boy. He like actually sucks. But I guess they all kind of do as ghosts. So. I think that's why we think that's what happens when you're a ghost. You become like a, a prick. A douchebag. Yeah. So you have nothing to lose. Like Right. Whatever. Um, She makes him remember. Then he like comes back to himself and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. So Casper, of course, does the good thing and uses the last full bottle of potion to make him human again. So sweet. Casper's like, your party's starting and your date's waiting, but he's clearly bummed. Salty. So Casper's up in his room. He's kind of bummed, but he gets visited by Kat's dead mom as an angel. Also, though, like she's completely dressed in red, which to me is highly suspect. So is she visiting from hell? Like, is she just like, is it a prank? That'd be a sick twist that her mom right? is like a piece of shit. She says for what he's done, she's going to grant him his wish until 10 p.m. Damn. Well, I guess she's like, you're still 13. Cat's at the dance with no date, but then Devin Sawa descends the stairs. So Tess, is this like theater of mind stuff for you now? You're trying to like envision what this would be like? I feel like it's coming back to me from like my childhood. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were you like pro Sawa? Oh my God. Yeah. Him and um, Little Giants. Hell yeah. Yeah. That was that's a one. Yeah. They're all the one really. Yep. But yeah, that mm-hmm. is that is also yeah. a one. He takes her out to the dance floor and they're slow dancing and then it turns out they're floating in the air. And he's like, See, told you I was a good dancer. Can I keep you? And so then she's like, Oh, it's Casper, you clingy motherfucker. <laughs> Kat's mom finally shows herself to her husband and she's like, You loved me so well when I was alive. I had no unfinished business. Don't let me be yours. <sighs> so he's like, All right. Final parenting advice. Fries are not a breakfast food. Don't ask her to wear a shirt under her bathing suit. She should also be like, uh, get a real fucking job yeah. so you can feed our daughter real food. Yeah. Right. She's going to catch pneumonia. There's no it's fucking- not on. Yeah. You can't afford antibiotics. Right. Get a real job. Take care of our kid. The clock strikes 10. Amelia goes back to heaven or hell. We don't know. And Casper really lays one on her. And then turned mid-kiss turns into a bald little baby ghost again. Suddenly, all the kids are screaming because they can see through his head mm. and run out of the house. And then literally, the uncles turn into little Richard, dad and cat and Casper dance. And that's 
how it ends. The end. Not the most fulfilling ending. Definitely not. How would you have wanted it to end? Oh, if we could take a page out of uh, I'm the Cute One podcast, our, our very good friends. Oh, yeah. yeah. Friends of the pod. Sorry, guys. I'm we don't want to steal from you, but this is a, such a good idea. We have to do it. Dr. Harvey dies and somehow mm-hmm. he goes to heaven and he's able to grant Casper a different fate. And now he can just <laughs> chill and be 14 for the rest of his life. While him and his wife just like kind of like look on and parent as like kind of ghosts. Oh, wait, no, he can't be a ghost because he had, he doesn't have unfinished business. No. Whatever. They'll be fine. They'll have each other. <laughs> he abandons his daughter yeah. to be reunited with his wife in heaven. Love that ending. I entrust you onto this 14-year-old boy. <laughs> right. Who will never grow up. No, no, he can grow now. That That's oh, okay. part of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He can grow up now. Okay, great. Tess? Yeah, is there a way to make... Casper a real boy? I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like Mm. it would have like killed the magic. They had this like friendship. And then I feel like if they dated, God, it would have just it would have just gotten worse. You know, like it wouldn't like they hit their peak and then it's like, all right, love bomb, like totally just like and then ghost goes away. And then they have this precious memory. Whereas like if he were to grow up with her, he still wants to play with toys and trains and like she's a little over that and you know i just don't think it would have worked out and he's cute but like she was ready she's ready for bigger things you could never break up with him no no not really because you can't be like i'm gonna kill you he's like okay i've done that right been there done that i would say christina ricci jumps out the window and then floats back up (gasps) she's like now i can be together Whoa! So she, now she's a ghost and then they'll always be together because her unfinished business would be to get married marry him or i don't know have a period like to literally do anything she's yeah doing yeah that's true. Oh, it's like an unfinishable business like something yeah. that she actually can't Oof, brutal and she's like she doesn't even remember it's like i think it was something about i don't know i can't remember <laughs> what was my unfinished like, business i i should have written this down i really should have written it out <laughs> womanhood but, yeah she's like Part of me feels like I want to end this relationship, but I can't remember why. Yeah. And Casper's like, no, that's not it. <laughs> Something else. Something else. Wow. What a manipulative piece of shit that Casper is. <laughs> Casper, the friend-zoned ghost. Nice. That's nice. funny. That's yes. funny. Very good. That should Thanks, be the name guys. of the, the episode. Yeah, why not? Let's fucking do it. We can do whatever we, we want. Do this whatever, is our show. Yeah. God damn it. Right. Okay, ratings and summations. Banual. There's parts of this movie that feel really fall, witchy, eerie, and like magical. It just looks really cool. There's something about, you know, the seriousness of it, you know, what it means to be dead and you you forget everything about being alive and how it's kind of like being alive at the same time. But unfortunately, none of those things are enough to make me ever want to watch this movie again. I think I'm going to give it four out of five handfuls of pulp. Four out of five? Oh, sorry. Four out of ten handfuls of pulp. Very nice. Thanks. I like this movie aesthetically and that's it. I feel like it has the makings of greatness. Like the storyline, if I were to just read the synopsis and be like, oh man, like this poor tragic ghost boy like falls in love with a human girl and this human girl is searching for her ghost mother. It could have been done in kind of like a darker, more bittersweet way. And then like the special effects and the inventions and all of that like you know mm-hmm. they cheesed it up too much too much burping that's a- you know what I mean? we'll take all the last we can get kind of thing i'm gonna give this movie four boneless boners Ooh, nice i feel like the nostalgia points give it a lot like people look back and they're like oh I re- I'll- it was a cute movie but they don't 
they haven't seen it you know what i mean i think it honestly could be a good remake like people would watch something like that if they had it more of like an adam's family kind of dark humor it could be good mm-hmm. um but i would give it a like two out of ten kooky drunk uncle vibes <laughs> <laughs> just in time for the holidays yeah <laughs> it's like too Love it. you wanted to give it like two kooky drunk uncles but you didn't want to leave fatso out or whatever yeah yeah, yeah yeah i didn't yeah fair Totally so the fair. vibes, yeah. Tess, thank you so much for joining us yeah. on this cinematic adventure. Powering through. Oof. Truly. The, one of the slog. most mediocre movies we've done in a while. Tell the people, tell the good people where they can find you, what you have coming up, where they can uh, check you out. You can follow me on Instagram at Tess Treg. I'll be featured in New York Comedy Festival this <gasps> fall as a oh content creator God, to so watch. Yeah, so check that out if you're in new york november 10th you can come to the show i do shows all I'm around ready. the city oh my god amazing you should come i perform all around the city uh follow my instagram for upcoming shows thank you yeah girl. awesome we love it check out my latest spooky fall comedic single basic autumn ho wherever you like to listen to music and that's a wrap on spooky season 2022 thanks for getting scary with us we'll uh see you next week for who knows what now could be anything at this point could be a movie that's never even been made oh what a good teaser love that okay okay bye bye Thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Movie Club. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and write us a glowing review. We are millennials. We kind of need the validation. For even more goodies, be sure to follow Millennial Movie Club on TikTok and Instagram. Later Later days. days.